So today's topic is a really quite sensitive one. Okay, this is not an easy thing to do. Sometimes businesses and organizations get a little bit uncomfortable uh, with this particular subject. And this is about balancing commercial needs with ethical principles. So actually being very commercial uh, in the one hand and then doing the right thing in the other. Now, sometimes these are good allies. They will sit together really comfortably, maybe for a moment, maybe for longer. But for most of us, this is one of the biggest hurdles in marrying together two often quite um, opposing elements of running a business or an organization. So in this session, we're going to explore how you can take some steps to move forward really positively in terms of balancing commercial needs of your organizational business with the principles of ethics. Now, as we go through this, I'm going to be sharing a few ideas and, uh, and concepts, and I'm going to summarize these at the end of the session so that you get a uh, almost like a step-by-step -step guide of what to do next, because I think that's a really important thing to be uh, thinking about and focusing on uh, with something so complex and almost so uncomfortable. And I'll explain some of the reasons why for many people and many marketers, many business owners, entrepreneurs, that this is actually quite an uncomfortable thing. So I'll kind of go there and explain explain why. So let's set our expectation and let's kind of define what we're here to talk about. So what are business ethics? Um, because, you know, this word ethics is, is banded around a lot. Um, it can be um, both a very positive thing, but it can also be used as a little bit of a stick to beat an organization who maybe isn't being perceived as operating ethically. So business ethics are a really important uh, concept to really understand, but also then start to integrate, uh, you know, philosophically, but also practically in your business. So business ethics is the study of business situations activities and decisions where issues of right and wrong are addressed. Okay, so this is Crane and Matten, who wrote a book in 2016 uh, called Business Ethics, Managing Corporate Citizenship and Sustainability in the Age of Globalization. Um, bit of a, a long title there for a book that is actually quite profound in the way that it defines the importance of what we're here to discuss today in this session. So business ethics is the study of business situations. So we need to look at those situations, activities. So we need to think about the processes, systems and things that businesses do. And also importantly, the decisions where issues of right and wrong are addressed. So not just discussed, not kind of swept under the carpet, but actually addressed. So where business ethics become part and parcel of the way you do business. And that's going to be an important theme as we go through this. So here's a little bit of a longer description about really what this is about. So ethics in business is often referred to as business ethics um, and is the application of ethical values and principles within a business context. So ethical values and principles. So on the one hand, things that we can and should be doing to kind of, you know, share the, the values and the culture really of the organization and actually how it operates within a, um, a, a sort of a system and a process and a structure that is the business context. So in other words, how you construct your organization and then how it operates ethically, the kind of people that you do business with and whether they're ethical as well and kind of support your culture and your principles. And all of this wrapped up into a series of values, and it involves decision making that is based on what is morally right and fair, rather than just focusing on what's profitable or advantageous commercially for the business. So let's just pause just a second and just think about this. So it's focused on things that are morally right and fair, rather than just focusing on what is profitable or advantageous. So it doesn't mean you can't be profitable or thinking commercially at an advantage for your business, but it has to be done using what I might term a filter, if you like, of moral obligation to do things that are honest and true, authentic and right and fair. So business ethics encompasses a wide range of issues, and we often hear lots of different terms thrown around, but all of these things are within the business ethics description. And these are things like corporate governance, so how your organization makes and operates its rules and polices those rules. 
um, insider trading. So just the fact you've got knowledge on how a business is going to be making a decision should not then adversely affect the decisions that you're taking in terms of you know, buying maybe more shares or making a certain deal or contract with a supplier bribery, you know, actually taking financial gain from knowing certain things around your business that will give you or the other person a commercial advantage, that would be bribery. Uh, discrimination, so actually how you treat your people. So ethics involves treating people fairly and equitably for what they do. And social responsibility, looking beyond the walls of the organization and thinking, are we being socially responsible for the wider responsibility to the community and the world around us? And then fiduciary responsibilities, the kind of way that we report back honestly and ethically how we are doing as a business. Now, obviously, within a publicly quoted um, business where you have shareholders who are, um, you know, literally buying and, and uh, looking at your uh, business from their shareholding perspective. So they want to be associating with organizations who um, are, you know, operating ethically and sustainably and in the correct way, because this is going to be important in terms of their decision making and how they view you as an organization going forward. So there are a lot of different elements to this. It isn't just, yes, we're ethical and we can just, you know, for forward. There's a lot of different ways that you can be ethical, but also at the same time, of course, by definition, a lot of ways and means by which you can slip up or you can trip over um, in many different points of the decision making and the processes and the systems and the culture within your organization. So this is all about taking great care over how you do business. So it is the process of applying ethical principles and particularly into the practices within your marketing. So in your marketing, and of course, a lot of you listening to this will be marketers. So you're responsible for marketing within your business. So this is going to be us focusing now on honesty, fairness and social responsibility. So there are a number of different models and checklists and frameworks, and we'll cover a few of these as we go through this uh, particular talk. But we're going to be looking at how to become in a business, you know, super profitable, super commercial. Yes, obviously, because you want to be successful as a business, but doing it in a way that is honest, is fair and is socially responsible. So making very conscious or, as I like to call them, mindful decisions at every stage and every step in your marketing process. Now, one of the models that is you know, very, very well known and uh, often now used uh, are the four P's of ethical marketing. So people, planet, profit and purpose. Now, depending on how these are defined, and I, I want to go a little bit deeper into this in a moment, these can be a great checklist that you can actually use, very, very simple, but a very, very important and, and quite profound checklist that you can create to assess any upcoming marketing campaigns, projects, product launches, launches, or marketing decisions that you're going to be taking. So are the decisions you're taking good for people? So that's internally and externally. Are they good decisions for the planet? So are they going to actually maybe give back more than they consume from the planet? Are they going to be profitable, but not just pure profit? Are they going to be making the right kind of profit? And I'll go there in a minute. And are they going to be serving your higher purpose as an organization? So rather than just, hey, we're here to make money, actually considering that our purpose is both to make money, but also to leave the planet and leave our communities and leave every person that we touch in our marketing activities in a better state or condition than before we arrived. So there's a lot of things to think about. But if you just take those four P's, often they can give you a very, very good and useful steer, which gets you off the mark. But it is just off the mark because we're talking quite high level at this point. Now, the challenge, of course, is this balance between the drive for profit with this newfound need to adhere to ethical practices. And, and this is the fundamental challenge of our time. We still are pressured and pushed and pulled and probably quite rightly to make a commercial gain, a competitive advantage in the marketplace to knock the competition out of the 
ballpark with the kinds of decisions and the products and the services we offer to go to greater value in our customers' eyes. All of these things are still there. So this drive for profit is still really important and probably always will be in the current way that our um, market is kind of created and the systemic um, sort of way that um, our whole economy is shaped. There is this need to drive profit. But there's also there's this balance to adhere to ethical practices. And we often hear this phrase, triple bottom line. So the approach to business success being based around three things. And here's some more P's for you. Um, people, planet, profit. So when you hear somebody say triple bottom line, that's what they mean. So creating profit, but giving back to people and planet. So we had the four P's of ethical principles of marketing. We've now got the triple bottom line. So it's a very similar thing, but it's just talking in a slightly different way. And this is probably more um, commercially focused and just purely marketing. But it gives us, again, some nice actionable steps that we can take to just be making decisions that are balanced. So what I'm really preaching here is this idea of balancing what you do. Um, and so much so that a few years back with some colleagues, I created something which you may or may not be aware of uh, called the Mindful Collective. Uh, if you visit mindfulcollective.net, uh, you can assess for yourself against the new marketing mix, product, people, process and profit, how you are currently doing in this drive to be ethical, but at the same time profitable. So this new marketing mix looking at your product in terms of the way that you co-create value for your customer and other stakeholders, looking at people from a more holistic viewpoint. Yes, you've got customers. Obviously, as marketers, we know we're here to serve customers. That is our role. But at the same time, not to the detriment of the people in our organization and those around us, and also not for the wider against the wider community. So people taken holistically is important. And that's even down to the fine level of detail of what new products or services do we need to offer? You know, which markets and channels should we be serving? But it's not about promotion. It's about really understanding the people we need to engage with and making sure that the product or service is providing value to them. This is ethics. This is ethics in marketing. And then the next P being process, looking at deeply into our processes, our systems, the way that we are operating as an organization. There's ethics deeply embedded here in terms of our, um, you know, almost obligation to be more efficient because the more efficient we are, the less we consume of power, of fuel, of energy, of everything, really. And we should not be consuming. There is very little left. It's too precious, the resources that we have. So the processes that we need to be attending to, you know, and again, in the Mindful Collective website, mindfulcollective.net, we give you sort of guidance in terms of the things to think about when it comes to process. So more efficient systems, more efficient ways of doing business not just in marketing, but spreading across your business. And then looking at profit, not just from, hey, we made a profit so we can you know, pay a nice dividend to our shareholders, but actually thinking that's fine, but making sure that our costing is done in the right way. In other words, you know, we wouldn't necessarily purchase from the cheapest supplier if they weren't ethical or they weren't doing you know, things sustainably. So it's about those conscious cost decisions. And the same thing when it comes to pricing. Are we pricing based on value? And are we actually really understanding the value that we're bringing and actually basing our price on that? Or are we just looking at the marketplace and then just driving our price to the bottom just because, you know, the competitors are? And that old style of consumption-based marketing, which is now very, very outdated. And that was the whole premise behind the Mindful collective was to reinvent the marketing mix in a world that is you know very very pushed in terms of resources we know we have finite resources so let's look at maybe a more circular way of doing business a more socially responsible way of doing business that gives back even more than it consumes so the whole idea of being net zero probably in your sector in your business is not enough so therefore is there an opportunity here to challenge ourselves ethically, to be basically aiming for 
um, net positive so that we actually give back more than we consume. And that probably is a really, really strong um, and accurate target for what we need to be doing. So the challenge is there. The challenge is actually quite deep. And why does this stuff matter? Well, if it's not already resonating with you, there will be some things that you can begin, I guess, to talk to the rest of your business, maybe your line management, maybe your uh, board of directors, the C-suite about, because this is really important stuff, but it is challenging. So the benefits of ethical marketing, and this is why it matters, is that you will see, if you go down this track, you will see consumer trust or customer trust improving. You will find evidence of better brand loyalty. You know, the emerging generations, the Gen Zs, the millennials, millennials now are the budget holders. You know, the old guard are now retiring or dying off and the millennials are now taking power and millennials will not take it if your brand is seen to be operating unethically or it does not have very, very clean credentials from a brand positioning perspective, because they know that they can get that from a, com a competitor. So you have to be doing this. There's an obligation now to be doing this. You know, it will drive positive public image. And we're talking broad public here. We're not just talking about within your sector. You could, should, and can be known as being a leading organization within your sector. And that gets out to broader communities, to broader sectors and markets. You know, you think about Patagonia. Most of us don't operate in the sector that Patagonia operates in, but we all know the Patagonia case study and Marks and Spencer's M&S. You know, there's you know, incredible um, examples of, of work that is being done in these sectors, which are not your sectors, but we can all learn from them. So wouldn't it be quite something, actually, if you started taking this journey to an ethical marketing stance that not only does good things in the short term for the benefit commercially of your organization, but actually it says that, you know, that anonymous quote that says good ethics is good business, that actually it gets to be known more broadly. So an actionable step that you could take at this stage would be to begin listening, begin listening and open up a feedback loop with customers and suppliers and resellers, wholesalers, distributors, whoever it is that provides your products to the world to gather insights on your ethical practices and their impact. In other words, really listen to what your audience is looking for from you. Because you could say, and believe me, I've heard this a lot, you could be saying, well, our marketplace isn't really ready. We're quite traditional. Nobody really cares. Now, I'm going to challenge that was possibly, probably applicable 10, 15 years ago, but this wave has already passed you by if you have that attitude. And you might already believe this stuff. You might already think, yes, ethical marketing, that's where we need to be. But actually, the rest of my business doesn't really believe it. Well, it is now time to rise up as a marketer and start to get your business on side. Because as Mark Carney said, businesses who do not, I'm paraphrasing here, this isn't his exact words, but this was the sentiment of the former governor of the Bank of England who said businesses who do not embrace this stuff will not be businesses in the future. So the wave has already passed. So you're now catching the second wave coming. So don't miss this one. You know, keep paddling and catch this wave. And you will see success. I mentioned Patagonia a few moments ago there. You know, their commitment to sustainability and ethical business practices, it ripples throughout their transparent supply chain. They simply do not do business with organizations who are not committed to this ethical journey. You know, they have a huge range of environmental initiatives that go way, way beyond the creation of clothing for outdoor wear, which is obviously the commercial part of what they provide. Their story goes so deep and their dedication into social causes now goes so deep and ripples so, so um, easily and with so much resonance in every single sector. You know, we all use Patagonia as that flagship. And you can visit Patagonia's website for more on their sustainability efforts and initiatives. Um, you just look at patagonia.com slash our dash footprint, and you'll find a whole host of content in there um, that will tell you and give you guidance in terms of some of the steps that you can take. Maybe your organization is not ready to put the higher purpose at the heart of every decision that's being taken, 
but we need at least need to get it on the agenda because if this is not on your agenda for your monthly meetings you've already missed that second wave so do not miss this opportunity to really start to you know almost integrate this thinking into the decision making you're doing um, I spent a lot of time talking to organizations who are, you know, beginning the journey. And I know it is like pushing water uphill. This is not easy. But there are a lot of frameworks here to help us. There are a lot of well-established, you know, business principles that others in the organization will begin to understand the language that we're talking when we say we need to be doing ethical business. So we need to kind of navigate it in such a way that it makes sense for others. So we can use ethical frameworks to evaluate our marketing strategies, for example, the utilitarian approach, you know, and I'll show you a little example in a minute of this, focuses on, you know, doing you know, the greatest good for the greatest number. It's, it's a really interesting one, this one. I mean, you can experiment by applying the utilitarian uh, approach when you kind of evaluate, you know, potentially the, the, the outcomes of your next marketing campaign. Or if you're thinking of bringing a new product to market, you can do this. And it really is. And this is always an interesting one when you look into this. Um, this particular framework, it is the only moral framework that can be used to justify military force or war, because the military, when they make decisions, and this will be applying to, you know, every different sort of style of military, every genre of military, um, they will be making, you know, the decisions around, okay, we may need to sacrifice some things, but for the greater good, we're going to take this particular decision. So they know that there's a cost in the decision, but for the greater good, the benefit to the broader um, society or the broader community or the country potentially here in this particular instance that they're invading on balance. And again, we come back to that word balance is for the greater good. Now, I'm not advocating war or any kind of military force here. That We're just purely using this as a um, a justification of the fact that this is a really interesting model to explore um, because a lot of the original uh, marketing theories and frameworks have come out of uh, military um, thinking and military philosophy. Um, the Art of War, um, the book from many thousands of years ago, uh, was created here. And we've seen a lot of business practice evolve from this. So it's not necessarily new stuff that we're thinking about here. But what we're doing is we're beginning to kind of try and find a natural balance in the first phase of taking these steps to being a more ethical business that kind of is palatable, I suppose you could use, is on balance the right thing to do. I'm not expecting you to be able to, in one day, change your organization. I mean, you could and you could have a go, but the chances are, and certainly from my experiences, it is going to be very unlikely you can do that. So we're looking at steady, small steps. So in basically, one of the key steps that you could begin with could be to use the sustainability triangle, which focuses on this really interesting interplay between things like the economics, the environment and social. So it identifies, you know, things that you can do that will contribute to each point of the sustainability triangle. So maybe a next campaign and you can use this triangle to give you an idea of impact and on balance, where do you want the impact to be felt? So if it's economic, you need to be thinking about, as we said earlier, growth and efficiency. But then if you're thinking to balance that with the environment, there's going to be a conflict of resources. So you're going to have to think about that. And if you are then thinking, well, OK, environmentally, this is actually quite good because this new product that we're putting out there, it's got environmentally sensitive packaging, let's say. Um, there's no plastic and the way we send it is really good. It's, you know, carbon positive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then actually, then when you think about the economic opportunity and then you kind of play that backwards in the other direction, it's like, hmm, OK, it's very green and it's very fair. It's ethically the right thing to do, but actually we can't afford it because actually it costs more to do it this way right here, right now than the product. So do we send this one out as a loss leader because it's really powerful message that we're sending out? But actually, we know it's not commercially viable to keep doing it. And so you see you get into these kind of little debates and these little discussions. And it's these discussions and these debates that help the organization to understand where are the opportunities? Where's the low hanging fruit, the stuff that we could put in place quickly and easily, less painfully so that on balance, 
we might take a bit of a hit or a bit of pain, but on balance, we see a good outcome. Remember that approach that we were just talking about before. And then other decisions you'll be taking, you're thinking, yeah, it's a huge decision because there's a massive implication on us. But yeah, OK, in the short term, the value probably is not that great. So we'll say no for now, but we won't say no permanently. We'll just say no for now. And it allows you then to have these balanced discussions. So you're not just doing decision making. You're not just talking and thinking in the old way. You're starting to bring in these new filters of economic decisions made properly of the equity. So the kind of social impact and the social decisions, as well as the environmental decisions. So it allows you to have much more deep and more meaningful um, conversations, if you like, and meetings about this stuff. So you don't just put stuff out because you know you can make more money from it. You're putting stuff out because you know it's the right kind of money and it's the right kind of decision. And the real thing that we're talking here as well is social responsibility. And you can begin to do this both within the marketing campaigns and projects that you're doing, as well as a little bit more broadly. So maybe you use this to do some more collaborative things. Maybe you look to do community projects. Maybe you start to promote some social causes. Uh, maybe you do some partnering with nonprofits. A lot of larger organizations we can probably learn from where they do partnerships, maybe for a year or two with charities, very specific charities who become their nominated beneficiary of the work that they're doing. Um, and basically, you know, we're talking about here choosing something quite local to you. It could be a community project and then maybe planning some kind of marketing campaign or activity around it. You know, talking about this stuff is good. Talking about this stuff is wholesome and it can build your brand. You may already be doing this. There may already be somebody in your organization who owns this as a topic. So find out who that is. If you're in a medium to larger organization, there could be somebody outside of your team directly who's responsible and is doing this stuff. But let's start to kind of bring that into the marketing communications that we do, because it's important that your customers, your suppliers and obviously the team around you understand what it is you're doing. And there's a little bit of an equation that starts to come in here. We call it the trust equation, because one of the things that will begin once you start talking the, these kinds of languages and you start to translate some of these frameworks into something that's meaningful for your business and those around you you'll start to feel a kind of a change in energy. There'll be a bit of a shift in the way that people start to think about you as a person, as a team, as a brand. They'll start to think, oh, yeah, those are those guys who are doing whatever it is you're doing. And you'll start to see it builds the credibility. It starts to make you position as a little bit more reliable, a little bit more you know, transparent, wholesome, credible. You're there. And then it builds what we call intimacy. I talk a lot about professional intimacy, that deeply embedded relationship that you have with people, with customers, those around your organization. And then if you add all of those things up and then you divide that by self-orientation, in other words, that kind of feeling of our brand ego, the fact that we still have to be here and make money, the fact that we are still needing to operate and actually we are important as an entity because we do provide value, that kind of feeling of self. Um, you could apply this to yourself, of course, because you know, the whole thing kind of plays out in an individual level as well. But if you add credibility, reliability and intimacy together, maybe give yourself a rating or give your brand a rating and then divide that brand by the similar kind of rating you do to the orientation of self. In other words, what's in it for you, then that will give you a really nice trust equation rating. And you can maybe use that as a benchmark before you start. And then obviously, once you start started to do some activities and then see how that rating might you know, play out, because my prediction, my betting, and I would put money on this, is that if you were to conduct a survey to gauge customer trust, identify areas for improvement and then put some of that stuff into practice, you'd come out in a far better rating on the trust equation than before you started. So what is not to like about this? There could be some stuff that builds not only some short term relationships and gains, but also here, really, we're talking about the longer term brand value that you have. 
And it is about this balancing act of these kind of mid to long term goals with short term gain, because I know I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, you can operate just purely with your marketing and your business development on a long term basis. You have to balance these kinds of commitments, which a lot of them are going to be longer term with the need to be in business today and tomorrow. So those short term things. So the ideal scenario is you need to find and let's call this an agreeable synergy between your profit motives and your ethical standards. So you need to kind of factor in the commercial reality of what you need to do. And culturally, for some of us, we'll talk about this in a minute. Culturally, for some of us, it's not that difficult because, you know, we know that those in the business get it. We know that those in the business want this to happen. And culturally, we're kind of ready for it. We just need to do it. So you could use something like the balance scorecard to rate where you are now and where you want to get to and then measure using a traffic light scheme and key performance indicators measure that journey. But for the others of us who are in organizations where there's going to be some resistance because let's call it it's more old school. In other words, the ethical debate hasn't really reached the management team table. And if that is you and you're in that stage, then getting evidence of where you are possibly versus competitors and or those in different but related marketplaces is going to be where you need to start. But you have to start this is the key thing. And we've seen this play out. You know, the most successful organizations on this planet know how to do it. Aligning your brand messaging with ethical values and practices, you know, is it's kind of the quote that everybody knows from Jeff Bezos, who said, you know, your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. It comes to play here because, you know, you can kid yourself you can you can really kid yourself here that you're doing a good job. You can use all the vanity metrics that you like and position yourself as like, yeah, yeah, we're good at this stuff. And then you start to then play that out in public. We call that greenwashing, by the way. Um, that's kind of how it's playing out right now. And then you just watch that brand slide, you know, versus others who are doing this stuff properly. They do have ethical values and practices and they can prove it because they've got the evidence. So review your brand messaging to ensure that it aligns with your ethical values right here where you are now. And if you've got some values that you think we really should be playing these out through the communications that we do, then now is the time to start thinking about the how you're going to do it, not if and not when. It's now. The when is now. The if is gone because you're not going to be in business if you don't do it. Mark Carney says so. But you're also needing to do this on a way that is kind of comfortable, but maybe pushing the boundary. We call, we call this stretch target setting. So you need to get out of comfort zone. You need to get your business out of comfort zone into a place that maybe is a little bit bit of discomfort, hopefully not too discomfort, because then people will become resistant and then they'll revert back to type. So we've got to be kind of leveraging things like ethical messages within our brand storytelling so we can focus on, you know, the real impact and the showcasing of that real impact of the good things that we're doing with commercial sensitivities, of course, because you can't say everything to everyone. So some of this stuff you need to be quite careful with because it might be that, you know, you want to, with all eagerness and all excitement, tell a story right here, right now. But it might be just a little bit too early or you might not actually have that grounded evidence that if challenged, you could actually produce and say, well, look, here's the evidence that backs up what, what we're saying. Um, don't go too soon. Don't don't fire all your bullets off at once again using that military um, uh, sort of uh, analogy there. Just just be thinking of, you know, we've got to do this thing carefully and steadily. I'll use the word again, balance. So small steps in the right direction are far better than just a huge leap that takes you beyond where is manageable. Um, there is something else as well that you can have a look at, and it's called the halo effect. You may well already be uh, aware of this one, but I would certainly recommend you have a little look at this. Um, and it will apply to ethical branding and developing these kinds of messages and these kinds of storytelling. Um, and, you know, as an actionable first step, why not develop some kind of a campaign that highlights a recent ethical initiative that you've done? something that is about the sustainability footprint improvements, um, the carbon literacy that your staff are going through. 
Um, any of those kind of things in terms of people development, process development, product development that is going in the right direction that backs up all of this is going to be really key. But small things, test the water, do a small localized campaign, maybe very, very targeted. Don't go out all guns blazing. Just do things in a steady way to build that confidence, to build that leverage. Then you have the evidence to take back into the organization. And what you'll find, and again, if you do a little bit of research on this halo effect, you will find it comes through in brands and everyday life in so many different ways. This will start to gather momentum. Um, I always sort of see in my mind's eye when I talk about this stuff and when I talk to clients about it, I always see this little snowball gathering snow as it rolls down the hill. It gets a momentum of its own. Once you start talking about this stuff, things come out of the woodwork, things emerge or suddenly something arrives in your inbox and you think, hold on, I was only talking about that yesterday or hold on. Why am I now seeing that? You become aware and it gathers momentum of its own. It makes things you know, far more you know, pleasant to be dealing with. It's much more interesting. So just keep eyes, ears and you know, things like that open really for your kind of just your absorption into this stuff. Because once you do, you will see and you will find that there's a lot of very, very interesting stuff that you'll be picking up that can go into this little mini plan. But small steps, small, little and often is far better than thinking, right, Neil says we've got to change our organization. Let's change everything we do in business. That clearly is not what I'm saying, but picking out some of those um, sort of short term wins and then maybe blending that and balancing that with the need to be commercial, but also with the long term benefit of starting a journey, getting out there and starting to do it. And an organization, really great example is Ben and Jerry's, um, who have taken you know, multiple different threads. And I would really encourage you to go and explore Ben and Jerry's activism section on their website for inspiration. You know, they've done multiple campaigns, not focusing on ice cream. That's just the product you'll buy after you buy into the brand. They're using their ethical marketing in action to engage you using the halo effect with their brand so that whenever you might see their product within a freezer or on a shelf, you know, on a display, you know, position next to a competitor's offering, there's only one choice you're going to make for all of these reasons. Climate change, racial justice, refugee rights. There's a lot of environmental sustainability things that they're going for. And, you know, it is very interesting when you start to look into this. They go well beyond what you would imagine an ice cream maker could do. So there's an opportunity here just by taking this one example, because you may well be listening to this, watching this, thinking... Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. No, you, it's very well you saying this, but we're not Ben and Jerry's. You know, we're a small business. We don't have the reach of that. But at the same scale, relative to you, what could you do that would actually position your brand with these core values, understanding and being guided as Ben and Jerry's are by the core values, because they seek in all that they do at every level of their business, I'm quoting here, to advance human rights and dignity, support social and economic justice for historically marginalized communities, and protect and restore the Earth's natural systems. In other words, we use ice cream to change the world. Now, come on, we can all do this. Whatever it is that you do to provide value to your marketplace, to your customers and the world around you, you can use that to change the world. You don't expect others to do it for you. This is all about deciding where do we want to point this super tanker of an opportunity? Because once we point it in, in that direction, it is going to go in that direction. And we need to be jumping on board and, and having this, this journey because it would take us a lot. Once we get on this, it's going to take us a lot to turn this thing around. And then probably we'll get to a point much like Patagonia and Ben and Jerry's examples where why would we? Why would we want to? Because we're actually using this to leverage our brand in the right kind of way, both for the short term commercial gains that we can then see as people align with us, the decision makers, both business to consumer and business to business. It doesn't matter. This applies everywhere. And then we can start then to be planning forward in a very different way to the world that got us to where we are today, because, as I say, things have changed.
So let's get practical now. Those are some of the reasons and examples and frameworks and models that you can start to think about. But I want now to give you some guidance here in terms of the things that you can do. So let's get down and practical here. So practical tips for your marketing. Focus on continually gathering insights. Okay, you've got to listen to the market here. Listen to what opportunities are out there. Conduct ethical audits. Stay informed on ethical issues and prioritize transparency. In other words, gone are the days when you're going to just do this in the back office and not tell anybody. This is part of your brand communications now. Once you commit to this, you will be enjoying this as part of the messaging. If you're not aware of the, the rule of thirds in content, something that I've talked about for many, many years, um, it's people, sorry, it's personal well, the, the people P came into mind there, but it's personal, it's point and it's promote. And actually, you can use this in all three of those categories, personal. So you can start to tell the journey that you're on as a team or as a business. The point, you can signpost great you know, responses that others are doing and staying informed on ethical issues, sharing great case studies and examples that actually aren't you, but they're great for everybody to learn and understand and then promote using these these positions that you're now taking to help promote the value through your products and services of the things that you're doing so people sorry personal uh, point and promote that that is you know very very practical content creation that you can use to take these first steps so schedule an ethical audit of your marketing practices for the next quarter Think three months out. What over the next quarter are you going to do in all forms of the marketing that you're responsible for? But get a, get a team of people around you. If there's others who do other forms of marketing, start to talk to them and form a little action group, a little action team and start to get you know, the debate moving in your organization. Richard Branson said that brands that will thrive in the coming years are the ones that have a purpose beyond profit. So the actionable step here as a marketer is to envision how your brand can contribute to this kind of a future, thriving brands across the, the, the world who are doing amazing things like Ben and Jerry's, creating a better world through ice cream. Ice cream is just the delivery of their profit. But the work that they're doing is way beyond that, making this wrapper, this kind of augmented product and service offering, this kind of wrapper around the core of what they do, so much more powerful. So envision how your brand could contribute to this future. What are the key competencies that you have as a group of people in your team or your organization more broadly? What is it that you could do? What is it that you could bring to the world that you haven't yet? Start to think about the individuals. Who are the people with the ideas? Who are the people who really you know, passionately believe this? You know, don't just reinvent the same thing. Actually think about this as being a revolution, not an evolution. You know, the time of, you know, slow is gone. You know, we need to be moving now, not necessarily quickly, still being patient, still being considered and mindful, but actually starting to strike a new balance. So think about this and get this into your next team meeting as a com uh, as, as, as a topic um, that you can actually be discussing and working through together collaboratively. And how then do, would you get started in terms of identifying ethical values? Well, write down your brand's top three ethical values and discuss widely and also how you can integrate these into your next campaign or project. You know, integrate the things that are important to you. You know, start to communicate them. Um, well, start really um, in communicating these internally and then externally. Start from within. Start with the people close to you and around you. Start discussing what our ethical values are. And of course, you know, that mindfulcollective.net uh, website will give you lots of ideas about where to begin. You could start to begin from the center. In other words, redefining your purpose why do we actually get up as a team of people to do, to do business and do what we do on a Monday morning? Why do we do this? What could we do? What is our skill set really aligned with that could add so much more value than just purely doing the same old products and services day in, day out, week in, week out? What is our real purpose here? 
And that obviously could be something fundamentally different. And we saw this play out um, three or four years ago in the pandemic, where organizations, quite a few organizations, pivoted. It became a thing that you did. You pivoted. So you didn't do what you did before in the previous world. You used your skill set and turned the ship in a different direction. Same business, same people different processes, different products, and different value. Generally, those organizations who pivoted did very, very well and continue to do very well because they're working to their higher level ethical values, the reasons behind they do what they do. That's really important. So in your next team meeting, identify the top three things you're going to focus on and then discuss those widely about how you can start to integrate those in the activities that you do. So here's your step-by-step -step plan. Those are the three key things I would recommend that you, you start with. But here's your step-by-step -step plan. Evaluate ethical practices. Assess your current marketing practices for ethical considerations. Use the four P's of ethical marketing checklist to do that. So you're going to be doing basically an audit and really evaluate where you are. What do those things mean in the current situation that you're in? Think about the triple bottom line. Do a triple bottom line assessment. Conduct an assessment of your business to identify how well it currently balances profit with social and environmental um, responsibilities. Not just, I mean, do it yourself first, absolutely, so you can understand it from your perspective, but get everybody else's perspective too, and also that of your management team. That's important. Again, use mindfulcollective.net if you need some help with that one. It extends it out a little bit and also allows you then, as you do the assessment, to actually um, give it a quantifiable score. So you can give it a score where you are now and also where you'd like to get to. Implement customer feedback loops. So set up some mechanisms to gather and act on customer feedback regarding your ethical practices. Truly listen and be honest. If you're failing in some areas, really listen, because those could be the areas that are prime for improvement and for leveraging in the future. Do an ethical dilemmas review. So regularly review marketing materials and strategies or the assets and the way that you do your marketing for potential ethical dilemmas and revise them and work with them to align with your new ethical standards that are these kind of expectations you have now on a business. So if you've been using a lot of plastic, that would be an obvious one. What can you now do? You know, loads of other things will come to play as you kind of look deeper into this, but find some things that you can actually sort of see that, excuse me, that don't really kind of sit particularly well for you and with you, uh, both as an individual and also as a team, and then start to think quite deeply about, okay, what do these really mean and what could we do about them? And then start to realign some of those things. Wherever you can strip stuff out that is no longer serving you, that is a good thing to do. Do a sustainability integration uh, practice. Um, identify some opportunities to incorporate sustainability into your marketing strategies contributing, and this is importantly, positively to economic, environmental, and social pillars. Figure out what this stuff means. Translate those words into things that are meaningful for your business. You don't have to use this big kind of, you know, economic theory kind of speak. You can get down and really practical, but think economic. So think about what is our economic pillar here? You know, in other words, what money do we need to be making? So how are we going to do it in a more sustainable kind of way, a more ethical way? You know, environmental, what is our impact here? What is our carbon footprint? What do we need to do differently? And our social pillar, what are we currently doing to give back? And how are we currently culturally? And what would we like to be doing? Where do we need to be? And start using those pillars to then form strategy. And what I mean by strategy is giving you that guidance, steer and direction for where you're going to point this super tanker. So maybe two to three years out, where would we like this thing to be? Not five, 10 years, way too far. Two to three years out, where do we want to be taking this? If there was a you know, unlimited resource, unlimited time and budget and attention, you know, where would we take this thing? Do the what if. You know, what if we were to do that, you know, and dare to dream. I can't remember who quoted that one. That's somebody's quote, but dare to dream here. This is an opportunity to do things very differently. So you need to dare to dream and start sharing and talking.
Point number six, promote social responsibility. So plan and execute marketing campaigns that highlight your involvement in social responsibility initiatives. You know, you can do this at a very local level within your community if you want to, or maybe as Ben and Jerry's did, a little bit more bold and a little bit more um, sort of you know, national or international. It's entirely up to you, but don't think you can't because you can. It is just about building the momentum and that snowball effect. Number seven was enhance trust through transparency. So use ethical branding strategies to build and maintain that customer trust, but focus on transparency and authenticity. Take care. You don't want to spread and say everything, but share the journey. This is important. You don't wait until you get to the destination before you start to market and communicate this stuff. Be open, willing and embracing of the journey. So the more you allow yourself to share, the more others will jump on board. And that includes customers that will build trust. And for a lot of us, we are starting at a, quite a sort of a, an immature level in this whole journey. So be willing to share that. Say, hey, we haven't done very much so far, but we're now giving it a go. And people will thank you for that. They'll applaud you for that. It will make a difference. Conduct an ethical audit. So schedule and carry out an ethical audit of your marketing practices. And again, as we said, ensure those align with your values. So this is all about plotting and you can keep it very high level at this stage. But the more you do it, the deeper and deeper you'll go. Plan for ethical marketing's future. So do envision and outline your brand's contribution to the future of marketing, where ethics and commerce synergize for greater success, where you can show evidence where, hey, we did that. And look, we made even more money because we did that. It was the right thing to do, but we did right by ourselves too. Remember that equation of balancing what you need with what the world needs from you. That's really, really key. So use that as just, again, another filter that's so powerful to keep this thing building and keep the momentum going. And the final thing, point 10, really, is to integrate ethical values into all of your campaigns, your projects. The next social media post that you do, I'd like you, if you would, please, to just look at that with this new lens on and write down your brand's top three ethical values. And then you can brainstorm, mind map their integration into your next post. If you know what those things are, if you know what you're truly trying to say and you believe what you're trying to do here, Think about that next post, that next little tweet or that next post in LinkedIn or on Instagram. Does that support what we're talking about here? If the answer is no, maybe hold off. Don't make the excuse. Well, it's OK. I'll do that for now and I'll do this stuff tomorrow. There is no tomorrow here. Ethical marketing and ethical business starts right here, right now. Not even later today. It starts now. If you buy into this stuff, you will find success within your marketing. There are so many case studies and examples, too many to go through in a session like this, but you can research and find them for yourself. But for me, I think, you know, all I can ask is that you join me really in shaping a future where ethics and commerce don't just coexist, they synergize for greater success. So, you know, let's all commit really to making ethical marketing a cornerstone of our commercial strategies because we know it's going to enhance brand loyalty and it will undoubtedly build a sustainable future for all of us.